When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Poxwood Hags is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to another edition of the Poxwood Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. I believe this is the 65th episode of the Poxwood Hags podcast. I am your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at uh, Substack, joehaggerty.substack.com. Sign up for a premium membership. You get all of my NHL and Bruins writing sent straight directly to your inbox. I also write for the Boston Sports Journal, write columns after every single Bruins game. Uh, if you go right now, you can actually get a little uh, news uh, from our weekly NHL notebook. I talked to Patrice Bergeron earlier this week and talked to him about how retirement's going. Um, the rumors about his comeback about a month ago from the Spit and Chicklets podcast. You know, uh, part of the reasons why he retired, um, why he's going to be sticking around Boston for the next few years um, that he hasn't closed the door on potentially joining the Bruins in some kind of management capacity. A lot of good stuff in there um, from talking to Berge, uh earlier uh, in the week. And and really it boils down to, I think, uh, a lot of people went a lot wild with the rumor about him coming back based on him skating with uh, retired NHL guys like Lee Stempniak, Yarrow Halak, Adam McQuaid. Uh, he skates with them once a week. Uh, just to get the blood flowing because he missed uh, skating with the boys. You know, it was just uh, the camaraderie and and going on the ice and, and joking around with the guys. It's something he really missed not playing anymore. And now he gets that once a week, um, in addition to coaching his kids and uh, being the Uber driver for the family and all the other stuff that he's doing while focusing on family time. So go check that out at Boston Sports Journal. That was good stuff. Um, and uh, let's also thank our sponsors real quick. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, now that the Super Bowl is over, we move over to buckets and basketball. Um, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, uh, and so much more. Just download the app. It's easy to use the FanDuel Sportsbook app and and get betting, and uh, you'll you'll get some bucks back. Uh, just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. Always shoot your shot. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, this week's episode. It is a mailbag episode. Uh, I do not have a guest, so we're just going to answer some questions. The Bruins are uh, have lost four in a row, have lost five out of six. Since the uh, NHL All-Star break, they have scored a grand total of 12 goals in those six games, so they're struggling uh, offensively. Brad Marchand and David Pasternak only have one goal in those six games, so uh, they are not doing a lot to carry the offense right now, and uh, a lot of other people are are struggling to sort of provide that secondary offense. You know, they they scored four, and uh, they got a couple from JVR. They got one from Anthony Richard, uh, one from Trent Frederick, so they got a lot of secondary scoring in that Saturday loss to the LA Kings. Uh, but really, their defense uh, let them down, and their play in general let them down in the third period of that game. They had two one-goal leads, uh, blew them both, and then lost in overtime on a pasta turnover that went down the other way, and they caught the uh, the Kings player, Brant Clark, coming out of the penalty box 
uh, after the Bruins couldn't score in a four on three power play uh, in overtime. So um, a microcosm of what's going on right now. Uh, bad uh, defensive mistakes at, at the worst times and kind of soft defense that is uh, breaking on them at times. Uh, the the special teams have both been poor. Uh, the penalty kill continues to allow power play goals. The power play isn't coming through when it needs to. Uh, for example, that four on three power play in the overtime where they had a chance to win the game. Um, really the only area of the game that I think is still holding up their end of the bargain and is playing really well is the goaltending. You know, I think Olmark and Jeremy Swayman are still uh, playing pretty well. Olmark had kind of a softy the other day uh, that he let squirt through the five hole, but you know, uh, uh, that's going to happen every once in a while. I, I would say for the most part that the goaltenders have been holding up their end of the bargain and it's the other players that haven't, whether it's, like I said, Marcian and Pasternak only have one goal in the last six games since the NHL All-Star break. Uh, Jake DeBrusque has zero points in the last six games since coming back from the beach. Um, Charlie Coyle doesn't have any goals and has been a minus player in the last six games. And on defense, uh, Shattenkirk is averaging about 14 minutes a game. Uh, Grizzlick is a minus player. Derek Forbort has been struggling. Um Weatherspoon's a minus two in three games and has made some crucial mistakes as of late where it's kind of showing that um, as teams are elevating their play, the fact that he's a defenseman from the AHL, I think he's having a hard time uh, elevating his his level of play. And um, to me, the, the way the defense has played in the last six games and the way a bunch of them have struggled, whether it's, you know, Carlo has struggled at times with some mistakes, certainly Shattenkirk and Weatherspoon have struggled. Uh, and Grizzlick, I think, has struggled all year. When you see all that, I think you start to say to yourself, all right, they need an upgrade at the trade deadline. I think it's starting to show in the way that they're playing right now that they do need to bring in another defenseman at the NHL trade deadline. Uh, somebody that could potentially play up in a top four role if they're needed. Somebody that can definitely get stops in the D zone and has some physicality and heaviness and a little nastiness around the net in the defensive zone. Somebody that you can throw out there when you have a one goal lead in the third period, like you did against the Kings, and not blow that lead uh, like they did a couple of times, uh, leading to that overtime loss. So um, that's the state of the Bruins right now. They're struggling. Uh, a lot of Bruins fans are not happy, um, getting a lot of messages about complaining about things. Why this? Why that? So let's get into it real quick. Mark Callahan, 75, says the Bruins are not as good as people think they are, and it's starting to catch up with them now. Need another legitimate defenseman and a center forward who can score. If Cassidy was still here, there would have been several people gone already, like DeBrusque. Um, I, I Look, their, their record is their record. Like uh, People can say they're, the Bruins are not as good as people think. People think they're good because the record has been excellent. Uh, they were pretty much first place in the Atlantic Division all season, wire to wire. And now in the last few days, they've been knocked out by the Florida Panthers, who have been hot for you know a month, month and a half and playing well. And like bottom line, the Bruins are going to have to go through Fort Lauderdale in the playoffs, I firmly believe. I think the Panthers are going to be a team to beat. Uh, that's somebody you're going to have to go through if you want to get to the Stanley Cup Finals and if you want to go on a deep run. So I think the Bruins are going to have to meet them at some point, and that's kind of become a nemesis for them in the last couple of years. And and based on what we've seen and some of the weaknesses this team has, similar to last year, I wonder if it's still a really bad matchup for Flor uh, for them against Florida, and they're going to get pushed around by the Panthers again and not have enough pushback uh, when, when the games get kind of heated and nasty with Kachuk and Sam Bennett and all those other guys. So, um. Yeah, I, I, they're not as good as their record indicates. I still 
I'm not sure they're as good as, as their record has indicated. And I, I still have not thought of them as a clear cut favorite uh, in the NHL. I've been in the, certainly in the Eastern conference, I've been pretty consistent about this Bruins team that I feel like they're good. They're a playoff team, but they have weaknesses that are going to get exposed in the playoffs uh, and that you're better off continuing to not go all in and think this team has what it takes to win a cup, make some additions, get a, a you know, a defenseman, a big physical defenseman that's going to help uh, the guys uh, that are struggling right now in their own end, uh, get a bottom six forward that can play big physical, maybe pop in a goal every once in a while, um, can give you a veteran sort of player on that fourth line. Uh, that's going to be able to help them out. We all saw Milan Lucic, the charges, the assault, domestic assault and battery charges were dropped against him. Uh, the case against him was dropped. Um, but that doesn't mean he's coming back to the Bruins. The Bruins were clear that he will not play for them uh, again this year and his contract is expiring after the year is over. So they're not going to get any fourth line help there or answers there. But they could use a big physical type, a veteran type, a guy that has some presence and a guy that can put a puck in the net every once in a while to skate on the fourth line with young guys like Jesper Boquist and Anthony Richard, who's there right now, uh, Jacob Lauko, you know, some of the players that they're willing through uh, Oscar Steen on the fourth line right now. I, I think they need to bring in another veteran guy that's a little sort of step up from them as far as being established, being quality player. And, I, and I've and i mentioned this a couple of times, but I kind of look at the Washington Capitals trade last year that the Bruins made, bringing in Dmitry Orlov and bringing in Garnett Hathaway as those are the type of players I think you want to trade for at the deadline. Big, heavy players that have playoff experience, that are going to play in your face, that are going to be hard to play against, that are going to make you a harder team to play uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, it didn't work out last year. I think you know, they weren't all the right pieces. I think maybe the chemistry was off a little bit with some of the players that they brought in. Certainly, they tried and the talent was there and they did the best they could. But I think they're on the right track with bringing in those kind of players. We're bringing in big, heavy players that are going to compete in the playoffs and, and be hard to hard to go up against. And I think they continue to need to do that. The Jake Middleton types, the Brandon Duhame types. Um, if you were going to do a two-trade defenseman forward in the NHL, I would trade with Minnesota and I would get Middleton and Duhame and just, you know, offer what you can to get those players. Um, I would expect they're not going to be as costly as, as some other big ticket players like a Noah Hannafin or somebody like that would be. I don't think that's a realistic target for the Bruins at this deadline based on where they are salary cap wise, based on the assets they have, everything else. Um, but I think smaller targets uh, that will uh, fit specific needs on this team, you could go out and get, and that's doable. So We'll see if they can get those kind of players uh, come trade deadline time. Let's thank our sponsors, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because the NBA is in full swing. Uh, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is incredibly easy to use. Uh, and bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. That is right. Get down with the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network, FanDuel, and visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. Mass, 21 plus and present in Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after a street. Restrictions receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help 
helplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Puck poke, uh, at Puck Poker Team says, Hags, love Freddie Trent Frederick, but team in the deep in deep trouble if he is the catalyst to convert the team play. I think he has to become one of the catalysts. I'm not saying he is the guy that's stirring the drink for everybody, but I think he continues to show that he can be a guy that can be a catalyst to a degree. Um, and it has to be him. It has to be McAvoy. It has to be Martian. They have to be catalyst type, catalyst type players that are, are pulling the team into the fight. But I think Frederick can be one of those guys. And I think he needs to step up and be that guy. He had a, a Gordie Howe hat trick uh, against the Kings, had a good fight, uh, scored a goal, had an assist, um, played really well. And he's consistently doing that more and more and showing that he's going to be a factor. And I think can be a factor in the playoffs because he's a power forward, because he's a big, strong guy, because he plays big and strong, because he plays in your face and he can be physical and he ha- he can play with a little attitude, especially when he's pissed and, um, you know, when the mood strikes him and when he's defending his teammates. So I disagree with you a little bit there. Like he's not the guy, obviously Pasternak and Martian uh, offensively and, and making plays and everything else are, you know, hugely important to this team. And at the top, Charlie Coyle has become a very important player. Jake DeBrusque, I think is an important player when he's going, but Trent Frederick is entering that conversation. He's becoming part of that equation. He's becoming one of those players now uh, that you have to think about and worry about. And, um, that I think you, you, especially in the playoffs, could be more of an X factor just because he's a big, strong, heavy, physical type. And, and the Bruins need those kind of guys in the playoffs. Charlie Coyle's physicality and his size becomes more of a factor in the playoffs as well. We saw that in 2019 when he had an outstanding postseason and helped um, push them to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, against the St. Louis Blues. So um, I, I do think there are, you know, he's he's a guy that you can rely on. And he's a guy that can certainly be a catalyst for them. I, I, I disagree with you a little bit on there. Right? He's not the end-all be-all. He's not the best player on the team, but he's a catalyst type for this Boston Bruins team. And that's why he's not going to get traded either, because I think he's an important piece that they can't, uh, that a lot of teams would like to have. Um, and uh, the Bruins have him, and he's he's a good Bruin. Sermis C says, well, when will anyone in the media report on how porous the defense is playing? No D, no cup. I agree, no D, no cup. I, I think that's absolutely right. Um, I think that uh, they're struggling. And I mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, Charlie McAvoy has been fine. Uh, he still doesn't shoot the puck with enough regularity, but that's okay. Hampus Lindholm has been okay. He was very good, I thought, in January, much better, but he's been just okay this month. Um, Matt Grizzlick has been very inconsistent and not good in my mind. He's a minus player that in this month of February. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk has made a lot of mistakes lately, especially in his own zone. And I think there was one shift where Shattenkirk and Grizzlick were out there. It might've been on the penalty kill and it was just not good. Um, those two players uh, cannot be together as a pair. There's just too much they can get taken of advantage of defensively uh, in the D zone when you put the two of those together. Uh, somebody like a forward or Carlo has to be out there when those players are out there. Carlos had some mistakes. He fell down. Uh, that led to a goal um, earlier this week. Um, he's, Typically been very good, but it, uh, even he has had some some you know some tough moments as of late. Even though, I, in general, he's played with more physicality, more attitude lately. He's been a nastier player, harder to play against, all those things. And when he adds a little more of that element to everything else he's got going on, he becomes a much better defenseman, and he becomes a much more of a, a guy that c- can help them in the playoffs. And and 
you know, is is certainly not going to be a weak link and is going to be a, a, an area of strength. And he's been like that in the penalty kill um, up until recently. Now the penalty kill struggling and it's, you know, Carlo is struggling a little bit with that. Forbort struggling a lot. You thought he was going to come back and be healthy and he just hasn't been. Uh, he was on the ice uh, for three of the goals against of the five uh, against the Kings on Saturday and the loss. So Forbort's really struggled. And you got to wonder if he's still uh, battling the same injury that hampered him the first half of the year. And you know, if if it's going to be that kind of a struggle the rest of the year, and that that just adds to them needing to get a big, strong, heavy penalty killing uh, defensive zone, stay at home kind of defenseman um, in this uh, month or or so up until the trade deadline, right before the you know before the trade deadline, they need to get a player like that uh, to hedge their bets with forward to add to what they already have now to make them tougher to play against. All of the above, uh, the defense is porous. Uh, it makes mistakes at bad times, um, you know, and and I think it, it comes down to, and we've seen this at times, and we saw it against the Kings. When they need to get a goal, they're going to push and shove and get to the front of the net, and there's not enough Bruins players that are uh, able to push them back, fend them off, um, you know, discourage them and, and let them know it's not going to happen. They've had pockets this year where they've given up a lot of third-period goals and it's looked porous. They've had pockets this year where I think they've tightened it up a little bit and been better about it and there's more of a focus on it but i think we're seeing in the last six games it's becoming a problem again and if it's recurrently a problem through the year then i think it's going to be a problem for you eventually and it will certainly be a problem in the playoffs so it's something they need to address they need to get a defenseman at the trade deadline and you know beyond that um noah hannafin i think um elliot friedman was reporting that he's going to test free agency on july 1 I would expect that. And I would expect the Bruins are going to be a big player for him. And I, you know, I, I think he wants to come home to Boston and I think that's a big desire of his. Certainly. I think the Bruins like him as a player and want him. And I, I think there's a lot of sense to be made from, for him coming to Boston and signing when the Bruins have a lot more cal- cap space come uh, July one. And, you know, you, you wonder if that plays into what's going on with how some of the defensemen are playing right now. Certainly, had to be a wake-up call for them if they know the Bruins like uh, Noah Hannafin to see the way he played when Calgary came to town in that first game out of the All-Star break. He was awesome. He was one of the best players on the ice and to put on a show and did exactly what you need to do if you're um, somebody on another team and you want to get uh, the team that you're playing interested in you, as they already are. But uh, Hannafin showed everything he could do, and you slot him in with Hampus Lindholm and um, Charlie McAvoy as a big three. Now you're really talking about a formidable uh, defenseman group and you add you know Carlo to that mix as well and it slots everybody down a little bit you're you're talking about a championship caliber back end so that's going to be interesting but I do not expect that to happen this year I just don't think they have the assets to get Noah Hannafin before his this deadline I think he'll be a rental guy and get traded somewhere else um, and then probably sign with the Bruins uh, in the summer and that will probably lessen the amount that he'll the Calgary will, will be able to get with uh, for him as a rental at the deadline, knowing that he's probably going to sign elsewhere. So uh, keep an eye on that, though. That'll be interesting. Um, WVW929, it's the same stuff every game. Where's the improvement? What do they work on in practice? All right. Somebody clearly not happy with Jim Montgomery here. Um, they work on a lot. They work on skills at practice. They work on breakouts. They work on special teams. They work on three-on-three they've worked on a little bit. They work on, you know, all kinds of different stuff, uh, skills-type stuff that – NHL players still need to work on just like squirts players, just like peewee players, just like bantams, just like high school players. They all need skills work and they continue to do that all the way through, um, even when they're pros. So um, they work on plenty in practice. Um, I, I, 
there's there's some battle drills. I don't. Th- I wouldn't say there's as many battle drills with the Bruins now in practice as there was when Claude was the coach, um, or even Jim uh, um, Bruce Cassidy. I, I would say there's less of an accent on that and less of a stress on that. But I think that's also partially just the schedule and wanting to make sure the practices aren't too rigorous and too demanding and too taxing physically to make sure they're bringing their best uh, for the games. But I, I would say it's much more geared towards high pace, high skill, high speed, create offense. It's much more about that than it's about, uh, you know, knocking the snot out of each other in front of the net and really battling in the corners and battling in the front. And maybe there needs to be a little bit more of that uh, in Bruins practices. You know, maybe there's not enough of that. Maybe there should be more of an an accent on that and a stress on that rather than the skill part, the passing, the, the offensive part. But that's Jim Montgomery's an offensive coach. You know, he's trying to maintain the defense that they had uh, previously. Uh, great defense under Claude and under Bruce Cassidy, but he's a different kind of coach. He's much more about offense, creating offense, uh, passing, connected uh, play, all that stuff. Um, even high risk, uh, higher risk stuff for the defenseman being aggressive in the offensive zone and joining the rush and, you know, weak side D playing down low by the dot, all that stuff is, is more about creating offense and high pressure, uh, the other team and, and force them into things instead of, um, you know, your traditional blue collar sort of, uh, defensive work and, and slugging it out in the defensive zone. So, that's an interesting observation that I'm sort of making uh, based on the question. And it is a little truth to that, but I also think, uh, you know, in this day and age in the NHL where a premium is, is out there on scoring and in offense, I think you need to focus on that. And maybe the, maybe the one area that they really need to start working on a lot more in practice is special teams because they're struggling right now. Uh, power play penalty kill. They probably need to work on that quite a bit more. Um, based on the way it's performed lately. Uh, G540, they were a lot better with Beecher in the lineup and Weatherspoon and Forbort and um, Boquist, Richard are not it. Richard had a goal against the Kings. I actually have thought Richard has been okay. Boquist, I don't mind either. I think he's been okay too. Oscar Steen is the guy that I really feel like hasn't done a lot uh, when he's been in there. And, you know, Beecher had his moments. He also had moments where he disappeared and didn't do much. Uh, clearly the Bruins think they're better off with the veterans and the guy that they guys they have now, uh, Beecher didn't do enough to, to keep the job that he had won early in the year. So, um, and Weatherspoon, Weatherspoon's been making mistakes lately. Like I said, he's been a minus two in three games in February since coming back from the break. I think he's shown a little bit more of his limitations. He's made a little, few more mistakes. Um, you know, getting shots blocked, creating odd man rushes going the other way. Some of the decision-making he's made hasn't been uh, as good as it was before. Um, but I also think if we're talking about Beecher, Weatherspoon, Forbort, Boquist, Anthony Richard, like they need more talent. You know, if we're talking about these guys shuffling them in and out, like would they need to bring in a couple more NHL players, one more NHL defenseman and another NHL caliber forward. Um to relegate some of these guys to black ace reserve status uh, and get a little more talent in the lineup uh, specifically, you know, towards the bottom of the back end and and probably the fourth line. So, you know, that's why I keep talking about those being the targets at the trade deadline, because some of these players I think are showing their limitations and you probably need to bring in better players uh, to replace them at the trade deadline. That's what it's, what it's all about at this time of year for contenders like the Bruins. 
All right, Joe Henderson via the Facebook fan page. This is the last question. Um, do you think Brad Marchand is a Hall of uh, is Hall of Fame worthy? Yes, 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 yes. Brad Marchand is a Hall of Fame hockey player already. Uh, and he's only 35. He's probably going to have a couple more years at the top of his game. So he's already around 1,000 points. He's going to get up around, you know, 500 goals. Um, he is a definitely, I think, a no-doubt um, Hall of Famer. I think he's going to have the the, the numbers. He's going to have the Stanley Cup. Um, he's going to have sort of the iconic nature of being the pest and the nose face killer and uh, the little ball of hate and being a part of the best uh, duo in Boston Bruins history with Patrice Bergeron as his longtime uh, line mate on the perfection line. Um, and just the personality that he has, uh, the way he's, you know, has fun at the all-star game, uh, waving as the fans boo him and, you know, some of the suspensions and the, the, even the face licking, the, like the things that he's done on the ice while it creates enemies, while it's, it's, I'm sure going to give some hockey purists uh, agita thinking about that uh, Brad Marchand is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Certainly it'll do that for Vancouver fans, Toronto fans, a lot of people like that. Uh, but at the same time, he's an iconic player. When you think about the best players of, of that generation, the most memorable play, iconic players of the generation that he's been playing in, he is towards the top. Um, he's somebody you talk about. He's somebody that everybody talks about and knows who he is. It's somebody that other teams have to plan for. It's somebody that, uh, you know, has been one of the stars and faces of the game. Um, so I, I think he's an absolute Hall of Famer, just like Patrice Bergeron is an absolute Hall of Famer. Now, would it be easier for Marchand if he'd maybe won a couple of major awards along the way too? That maybe would have helped a little, but I don't think it's going to matter with him. I, I think he's going to have everything he needs as far as a resume goes uh, by the time he's retired, especially if he makes it to the Olympics in 2026 like he wants to. So I think we've been lucky to watch a bunch of Hall of Fame players here. Uh, Zdeno Char is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Patrice Bergeron is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Brad Marchand is going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, when we did the Centennial team, uh, some people were making the argument for the Bruins. Some people were making the argument that we'd had too many recent players, too many players from this era, from this generation uh, on that team. And the instant argument to that was the the counter argument was this is a golden era of the Boston Bruins. They have a bunch of Hall of Fame players. Uh, they've been to a bunch of Stanley Cup finals. They make the playoffs every year. This is one of the great eras of the Bruins. Um, so I think you view it in that scope. And uh, Brad Marchand deserves his Hall of Fame creds and his Hall of Fame respect. Respect, as um, as uh, Tarion, Michael Tarion, Michelle Tarion would say. He's got his respect. Um but there you go, Martian Hall of Famer. All right, uh, that's it for this uh, edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast mailbag edition. Thank you very much for listening. Let's thank our sponsors, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because the NBA is in full swing. Uh, I think we got an NBA All-Star game coming up now that we're through the NHL All-Star game, but all kinds of hoop stuff going on. Uh, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is incredibly easy to use. Uh, and bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. That is right. Get down with the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network, FanDuel, and visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. That'll do it for this week's uh, Pucks with Hags podcast. We will be back early next week with a, a guest or two. Uh, until then, enjoy your hockey, and we'll see you at the rink.